Hello, and welcome to the semester's last episode of The Daily Weekly. I'm your host, Katherine Newhan. It's been a long 12 weeks of the term, but all sections of The Daily have successfully built a team of strong journalists, creating captivating content throughout the entire duration of the semester. If you didn't already know, The Daily's leadership cycles turn over at the end of the fall semester. So on this episode, we wanted to highlight all of the content-producing managing editors and ask them what projects from their section stood out the most. We will be talking with sports, arts, opinion, news, and Michigan in color. So let's get started. Managing news editors Ria Basha and Sophie Sherry cover stories on fields varying from sexual misconduct to communities of color during their tenure. They're here with us to talk about their most important stories this past year. Okay, so um, I just wanted to start off with asking you what some of the best stories of this semester have been and why. Yeah, I think um, probably far and away some of the most important work that we've done this semester has been our investigations into the sexual misconduct reporting process um, here at the university through the Office of Institutional Equity. So there was one article called Broken Record that came out um, that really dove into one student's experience within the School of Music, Theater, and Dance. Uh, And then the other one, it it was about uh, Professor David Daniels, um, who is one of the world's most renowned um, Tenors? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, counter tenors, right? Um, and a, a student um, and a few other members of the university community who had experienced misconduct and whether or not, parsing through whether or not the university knew. Um, so I think that has definitely been um, kind of the thrust of our section this semester in attempting to, you know, give light to these stories and to give room for survivors to share, but also then to hold the systems and offices and agents here at the university um, that should be tasked, you know, with investigating and and bringing, Mm -hmm. um, you know, resolutions to these cases. And what we've been finding is that there just has, there haven't been, um, and that there's been a lot of inefficiency and pain um, for the survivors involved. Mm -hmm. Um, And on top of that investigative work, I think some of the best stories um, have been just continued coverage of the administration as well as kind of Michigan medicine. Um, we had a lot of really good coverage of the nurses' strike um, and all of the bargaining that was going on there and then the eventual contract agreement from a bunch of different reporters. Um, we had some really good stories from on Native American Heritage Month um, that was really important. It's something that we in the past haven't written as much about when the time came. Um, so those were some other smaller scale stories, but still really impressed with that work there. And I think just to add on something that you'll notice about our section over the last year, you know, as me and Sophie are outgoing in our terms, is that I think we've gotten much better about covering those communities of color um, mm-hmm. and, you know, underreported stories um, where it's not just, you know, these hard hitting, wow, being a black student at the University of Michigan sucks, which, you know, we do want to give light to those experiences, but also, you know, step shows and different kinds of meetings and events um, that really hopefully tell the story of community culture um, and that more holistic experience as well. Managing arts editors Madeline Godden and Danielle Jacobson were in leadership this past year. Madeline is here with us to talk about Arts Year in Review. All right, so what are some of the biggest stories that Arts has put out this semester? Um, I think this semester in particular, we 
had writers take advantage of the format that the B-side allows to be a little bit more experimental, um, write content kind of outside the bounds of a traditional feature writing, the kind of bread and butter reviews that we normally put out. Um, Robert Mansweaty wrote a lead for um, our bite-sized B-side um, that was just a series of these little um, narratives, some of them fictional, some of them um, nonfiction, some of them super short interviews. Mm. Um, what, is, what is B-Side? Um, so the B-Side is a magazine that we put out bi-weekly. Um, it's an insert that goes in the paper. It's sort of the art space for more feature writing, more long form. Um, a lot of our artist profiles and local reporting goes there. Okay, great. And what, can you explain that story? Yeah, so he wrote a piece um, that was a series of smaller articles that made up this larger piece um, that was just sort of meditations on daily life, um, weird small moments that don't feel enough for um, a whole piece but are mm-hmm. satisfied in, in a paragraph. Um, and it was really interesting um, seeing those stories put together the way that they were. Um, he got to do, as a writer, a level of editing that not a lot of writers do. Um, and similarly, we had um, a piece um, that Verity St- Sturm wrote for a B-side about her hairdresser and horror. <laughs> um, and that and was horror. <laughs> and horror, yeah. And it was really beautiful and, and thoughtful and similarly kind of looking at something normal and daily from a weird angle. Um, and so those moments when people... Um, feel comfortable writing experimentally both structurally and in terms of content I think um, is something that the art section has done really well this semester and um, something that um, I'm really proud of them for. Yeah and was there anything new that someone tried out this semester that they hadn't before in terms of writing style or? Yeah so a lot of I mean both of the pieces um that I highlighted. Those are relatively younger writers. Um, Faraday was hired this semester um, and jumped in and was writing those pieces. So um, something that I'm really proud of Danielle and I for doing as managing editors is pushing younger and newer writers to take on these more challenging, Mm. um, more experimental pieces. Um, A lot of writers can come in and just start writing reviews and that's easy you can learn the formula of those pretty easily mm-hmm. but um we have a lot of really strong writers that um are pushing themselves to do things um in a less conventional way managing sports editors mike persack and laney byler led the section this past year mike is here with us today to speak on behalf of the team. Okay, so tell us a little bit about some of the best stories that came out of sports section this semester. Yeah, um, the first thing that comes to mind is uh, we put together a special edition for Michigan football's 950th win as a program, um, which was really like a collaborative, uh, like full collaborative effort. Um, I think 18 writers worked on it um, to produce 20 stories. Um, and like we designed the whole thing, like we helped put it online. So it was really like a full on, like multiple sections, multiple people within each section, put it together, um, to like make it look like a different kind of thing online. It was like a, like an interactive timeline online Mm -hmm. as well as, um, 
you know, it, the print edition obviously was like a 20 page special like insert. Um, and yeah, it was just like a lot of younger writers got into it, uh, wrote, you know, it's their first time writing about, um, you know, a bigger sport. I mean, the biggest sport on campus, you know? Um, and so I thought it was like a very, like, very exemplary of like how deep our section is. And it was something that I think everyone was really proud of in terms of putting it together. Yeah. And there seems to be a lot of, um, you know, digital, um, efforts to incorporate into sports this semester. D was there any other projects that you worked on? Um, yeah. So we, I mean, we kind of use, like we, tr we try to use like the online platform as much as possible, especially with the way that like journalism is headed. Um, and so, you know, it, it, I wouldn't say we did anything like super special other than that. Um, but you know, we're, we're, we're trying to like push like what we currently do and try to expand kind of um, what we're doing. But that was, uh, you know, obviously the biggest thing um, in terms of, of like a big project that we put together. Super thankful for, you know, the web team who helped us out with that too. So, so what makes a story stand out in sports? Um, yeah. So I think it's really, it's really easy to write um, kind of the day to day stuff like today, you know, like, all right, so it's Monday, Jim Harbaugh said this, um, it's Tuesday, you know, mm -hmm. some player said this. Um, so I think where we really see our best work is um, f f specifically in the fall for like our football Saturday edition, we write like a feature every week for that, um, or it, that's every home game. So um, eight times this year, I guess, or seven, whichever it was, um, you lose track. <laughs> but uh, so it's like a unique angle um, hopefully on, on someone that we haven't written about kind of in detail before. So an example of that was um, Max Markovich wrote about uh, Ben Mason, I think, before the playing fullback, which Indiana is a position game. that I think that was our last, like a our last feature. At all in it, football. Either way, he wrote about so Ben Mason. So it was really like he's Michigan playing team, a position kind of, that um, might not like it, it was unique in that like a lot of features are like, okay, that. here's this guy, he came that, from, here's how um, he and how he's kind of like doesn't fit the mold of like a modern football player kind of thing. So I thought it was, yeah, like a unique angle because it would have been really easy to write that on like this guy he doesn't talk much when he talks he like says very basic things everyone says he's mm -hmm. like his teammates call him a blockhead like in like like affectionately it's a nice. blockhead <laughs> um but yeah you know it's like it's easy to write about like this is how he became that but i think it was unique to take the angle that max did and i thought it was like a great example of um the kind of stories that we really are looking for from from writers Managing Opinion Editor Anu Roy Chudhury is here with us to explain the best of opinion this year. One of the biggest or like most standout pieces from the opinion section this semester. So this semester I think has been like really crazy with a lot of the news cycle which opinion takes into account when mm -hmm. we have our columnists that are writing and also edit board. Um, so for opinion I think probably the endorsement spread that we did um, which was kind of um, a departure from how they did endorsements in the past. So we endorsed um, several state and national elections and um, we kind of comp or compiled them all into one spreadsheet or sp spread that came out mm -hmm. um, about three or four days before the election in an effort to kind of um, really showcase what the editorial board thought about the various elections that were going on and um, the candidates and the policies that 
uh, needed to be addressed and um, how voters should be aware about kind of what different candidates had in mind um, and their platforms. Um, another kind of major uh, aspect of the semester was a lot of the rec letter controversy that was going on on campus. Mm. Um, and so the page was really diverse in how we got op-eds and also um, various columnists wrote about what they thought about um, how the professor who uh, wrote, who refused to write, the two professors who refused to write rec letters um, were uh, punished or disciplined um, and kind of the backlash that they got. Um, and it was really interesting also because we had several op-ed submissions from um, faculty um, that had opposing views on where you draw the lines when it comes to academic freedom and freedom of speech. Yeah. And we Has also there been a lot of faculty in the past that have submitted op-eds? Um, it usually depends on what the news cycle is. And so when there is something that's very central to campus, and I think when professors or faculty feel like it's something that very much encompasses what they do here, then there is usually like a flurry of submissions. And mm -hmm. um, particularly with the rec letter, because it did involve... Um, the position of a faculty member and kind of their relation to students. Um, it was a very interesting issue because you kind of have the student's view of like where they think, you know, freedom of speech should be like employed on a university campus. And then you also have like professors and what they think is like most pertinent um, in relation to freedom of speech as mm -hmm. it relates to their profession. Um, and so we had like a statement from uh, several faculty members that was actually sent in a letter form to Schlissel that we republished on the page. And then in response to that, we had um, Professor Lieberman, Lieberman write an op-ed um, op kind of like against the statement or in opposition of it. So it was interesting to see how faculty members kind of had opposing views on uh, the issue. Ashley Chung and Jason Rowland ran the Michigan and Color section as managing editors over the last year. Ashley is here to tell us about several of their accomplishments. All right, so what have some of the best stories um, from Michigan and Color been this year semester that you've been in leadership? Yeah, so um, I've been really proud of a lot of the work that we've done this semester, but one of our new initiatives was a blog where we um, discuss pop culture more in depth and really from um, the lens of like being people of color and one of my favorite pieces this year was um, called fake allies and where to find them it's like mm -hmm. kind of a um, reference to JK Rowling and Fantastic Beasts um, mm -hmm. it discussed how JK Rowling has um, been criticized in the past for not really having a diverse set of characters and like through Fantastic Beasts is trying to rectify that but not quite succeeding in the author's eyes and I thought it was just a really cool piece that was really funny but also hit on a lot of poignant points about what it, uh, about pop culture and mm -hmm. um, inclusion. Um, another piece that I really enjoyed this year was um, the How to Not Be Racist Guide. And so in this, um, in this piece, uh, one of our contributors uh, referenced um, a lot of the things that have been happening on campus in terms of like blackface, um, Halloween cultural appropriation, and talked about how um, People simply like how to not be racist, and it was um, kind. It was a bit more hard hitting in terms of like its bluntness, but I thought it really got its point across and was like really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, 
And then one of my personal favorites was um, called So Sayang, A Mother and Daughter's Review of Crazy Rich Asians. And um, so this is uh, important to me just because I'm also Chinese Singaporean. And so this was a piece between a mother and daughter and a dialogue on what they thought of Crazy Rich Asians. And so her mother was from, is from Singapore and she's mm -hmm was born in America. And so it's like a dialogue between them on how they viewed the movie, how uh, the cultural differences that they saw, and um, how they both interpreted things differently. Yeah, great. And so in your opinion, what makes a story stand out? That's a good question. Um, so we publish a lot of different kinds of content, whether it be like our more pop culture pieces, um, our personal narratives, or mm -hmm. like op-eds and calls to action. Um, but I think that what really makes a good Michigan in color piece is bringing, really bringing in that um, author's personal experience. Um, mm. I think um, our most popular pieces for, for this reason is like when you have like that detail and that vulnerability that a contributor brings and those tend to be the most successful. This is Lizzie, a podcast content creator. To Avery, you built this podcast. That is so cool. I remember meeting you last year when I was being interviewed for one of the episodes of the Daily Weekly and admiring your friendliness and passion. It's been such a privilege working for you to help the podcast in whatever ways I could, and I know you will continue to do amazing things, though it'll be hard to beat your Halloween costume of the Quickie Burger Girl. Rest in peace. To Maya, I low-key joined the podcast because I thought to myself, Maya's doing pod, Maya's cool, I should do pod. You're going to kill it as EIC, and I'm so excited to work with you. To more silly pictures and crazy production nights. To Colin, you've done such amazing work on both news and pod, from covering the Richard Spencer protests at MSU to teaching me two times how to use a Zoom recorder. Thanks for being an audio expert and for your stellar ideas. We will miss you next year. To Jen, you were honestly born to be a podcast host. Your voice is perfect for it. I remember watching you interview people for the podcast earlier this year and admiring your grace and ease while being recorded. You were so talented, and Pod will miss you. Hi, it's Josh. I'm another content producer here on the Pod. I'm incredibly thankful to have spent my first semester at the university and on the Pod working with our incredible seniors. Having listened to shows for years and recorded before, I thought I had expertise, but compared to them, I clearly didn't. Specifically, I want to thank Avery for bringing such energy and leadership to the staff, Colin for his skill with recording equipment, and for inviting me to a snowboarding club party, and to Jen for helping kick off the show strong this semester. I also want to shout out Maya, who isn't a senior, but is going to do an amazing job in her next venture as EIC. This blurb was written by Yvonne, spoken by Catherine. Avery, Colin, Jen, and Maya. Thank you for quickly taking me under your wing and for instantly welcoming me, welcoming me onto the pod team. I was amazed to be a part of a process where I could watch our ideas come to life from start to finish. I'll forever be grateful for all that you guys taught me, and it has been a great privilege to work by your side. Wishing you guys all the best in what's to come. This is from Catherine. Avery, you're a rock star. How you manage two podcast shows still boggles my mind, but somehow you do it with such amazing optimism and a genuine love for podcasts. Colin, thanks for dealing with my audio mishaps and for guiding me to be a better host. 
Jen, your leadership at the beginning of the semester inspired me and made me feel motivated and involved in an important production. And Maya, I can't wait for you to be our editor-in-chief. You are so encouraging, and you will definitely bring that into your leadership. We will miss you all dearly, and will attempt to be a legacy to your greatness. Oh my god, all of us are crying. Hey, uh, it's Ryan, just stepping out from the microphone really quick. Um, just wanted to say... Uh, Thank you to our seniors. You know, it's been such an honor to be able to work on this podcast with you all for the past year or so. Um, it's just really grown, and it's because of the hard work and dedication that you all put into it. Um, it's truly been just such a privilege to be able to, like, watch the content that you produce and to be able to be with you on this journey. Um, so I just want to say thank you so much for letting me be a part of it, and, you know, I wish you the best of luck in the future. This blurb is from Shreya, read by Catherine. When I first met Avery, I thought she was this really cool senior, and I wanted to be friends with her. I literally think everything about her is cool, from her style to how she interns at Twitter. At The Daily, it can be really intimidating for a freshman, but Avery made me feel welcome in the pod section. She even made me fajitas with seitan once, which was really sweet. I'm going to miss all the seniors. Thank you for all you do for pod and for helping make my first semester great. So now that we're all emotional about our wonderful leadership finishing their time at The Daily, we welcome our new set of editors and look forward to the next year of amazing content and learning. That's all for this semester. We hope you keep listening in in the winter term when we come back from winter break. Again, I'm your host, Katherine Newhan. This episode was produced by Josh Sadikoff, Yvonne Yao, Lizzie Lawrence, our audio engineer, Ryan Cox, and managing podcast editor, Avery Friedman.